You know, this week is the first time that I've really felt like it's the stretch run for the 2023 recruiting class. And I guess I feel that way, Parker, because of all of the offers that have gone out over the course of the past week, it's like the Oprah, you get an offer, you get an offer, you get an offer, Marcus Strong, Dave McCullough, Ashton Sanders, and now Texas A&M commit Damian Sanford. And I'm I'm probably missing a couple of offers that have uh, gone on over the past week, but this is the most active offer week, it, seemingly, that we've had in quite some time. Yeah, it's been months. It's been months. And that just goes to show you, Tyler, it always kind of felt like there would be a wrinkle or two down the stretch. It seems like there are going to be a lot more than a wrinkle or two. There are going to be several wrinkles as we get closer and closer to National Signing Day for Oklahoma. And a lot of that has to do with the uncertainty regarding the status of Colton Vosick's commitment. A lot of that has to do with the DJ Hicks soap opera. A lot of that has to do with uh, the fact that we are still somehow waiting on a decision from Peyton Bowen. So, yeah, it's uh, it's quite a time right now in OU recruiting, to it, say the very least. Yeah. No, it's interesting that you bring up uh, David Hicks because – It is interesting, isn't it? It is interesting, as it always is. But I feel like uh, potentially this could turn into a three-for-one situation if you were able to get <laughs> David Hicks because I, you would just take him by himself. I think he's probably the best defensive lineman in this entire 2023 recruiting class. David Hicks by himself is good enough. It is good enough. But I, there's a kind of a feeling, Parker, that if you get David Hicks, well, maybe that makes Colton Vosick more of a solid commit to you. And if you get David Hicks, maybe that means you also get his best friend, who we just mentioned, Damian Sanford, who is his high school teammate down there in Katy, Texas. He's currently an A&M commit. Oh, you just offered him. You get David Hicks, you, you might keep Colton Vosick, and you might get another four-star player. Yeah, those two are very tight, Hicks and Sanford. And look, I'll say this. If Oklahoma were at some point down the line to offer their other teammate, three-star linebacker Alex Kilgore, and they would kind of have to finagle the numbers to make room for Alex Kilgore. It helps you with but David they, Hicks. Let's, if let's, they, were, let's if they were to offer all three and pursue all three, give all three an official visit, I think you could lock it up, man. And so – I think OU stands a decent chance right now, as things stand, of flipping both Damian Sanford and DJ Hicks. Alex Kilgore could really solidify that. But I think first things first, you got to get Hicks and Sanford to campus on November 19th and gauge their interest, see what kind of a statement you can make in front of your home crowd against Oklahoma State. Win a football game, keep the ball rolling, and – it's not going to hurt, Tyler, if the wheels continue to come off the wagon down in college stations. We've talked about time and again. So what's the thought process on offering an A&M commits in the month of November? Like, I, I got to feel like this staff, they, they have a feeling that they can realistically flip him. You're not just going to offer a kid committed to another school just to offer him this late in the process. Y you must know somehow, whether it's the kid that's told you or someone else. I, I don't know how the staff knows, but... If they're offering another kid that's committed, and, and this goes to Dave McCullough as well, who's committed to Cincinnati, you must have a feel a pretty good feeling that you got a real chance to, to flip this commitment. That's my read on the situation. How many other linebackers has OU offered since losing the commitment from Caleb Spencer? Uh have they I don't think they've I don't think anyone, right? Correct. Yeah, I think he's the only one. Which tells you something in and of itself, right? 
OU's going for this. They're going to try to make this happen. They are going to try to swing this flip one way or another. And they're going to put all of their effort into making sure that DJ Hicks and Damian Sanford are both Sooners in the end. Because, look, the conversations have been ongoing with DJ Hicks. We've talked about that several times over the course of the last few weeks. But with the offer going out to Sanford this morning, it's just another drop in the bucket, just another thing that – another – uh, what's the word? What's the metaphor? Another olive branch that OU can extend to sure. DJ Hicks. Hey, you know what? We're not just going to take you. We're going to take your best friend as well. Yeah, remember the uh, Shetron brother situation yes. last year? Which, by the way, he's getting to play as a uh, true freshman at Oklahoma State. It was, yeah, we really like Talon. And, and he was committed to OU at one point. But Tabry, eh, we just you know don't see it. And, and I, didn't, I, I didn't even fault OU for the decision at the time. But that was a you know two for one type of scenario. If you wanted talent, you, you're going to have to offer Tabry. Here's a situation though where the best friend is a four star player who has offers from Bama, LSU, Texas, Oregon, Florida State, and is of course uh, it's a lot easier to come around on the Sanford uh, plus one than it is maybe that situation last year. Couple texts here. Is it true that BV called personally to give Sanford a scholarship? Yes, it is. Secondly, what does that mean? No, they want him. Yeah, exactly. BV is uh, individually calling him. That tells you everything. Another listener says, Travis is looking more and more like a genius with his four flip prediction. Well, let's see here. If you flip Hicks, you flip Sanford, you flip Peyton Bowen, you only need one more. There is Who's a, it going to be? There is seemingly Dylan Edwards from Notre Dame. No, oh, I have gosh. no idea. We well, haven't talked about him in four months. Maybe, maybe Dia McCullough from Cincinnati. Maybe Jordan Allen from Kansas State. Yeah, that was – look, I'll say it kind of seemed like an outlandish prediction at the time, but no, Travis Davidson could end up being spot on there. Uh, the pitch for a recruit interested in A&M should be this. Have you ever seen a Jimbo Fisher press conference? Maybe that's that, what he did. Uh, Brent Vittables called him and put his uh, iPhone up to the uh, phone speaker there and just let Sanford just listen to that. He's like, yeah, you're, you're right. Go ahead and offer me that scholarship. I'll be in town for the uh, Bedlam game along with uh, David Hicks, which answers the uh, text from the 806 area code. Has the Sanford uh, set an official visit with OU or is he expected to? There's a chance, and I can't confirm it 100% yet, but there's a very good chance he is on campus November 19th with DJ Hicks, and there's a very good chance that visit is official. Which would be big. Yeah. I mean, if you can get Sanford on campus, that um, increases the likelihood of David Hicks making his appearance in Norman for that Bedlam game, even though he just said this week that he is going to be in town for that Bedlam game. So that's, yeah, pretty good development there. Uh, By the way, OU is back to number seven overall in the 24-7 team rankings. That's because LSU, they just got an offensive tackle, I believe, from the state of Georgia. Yeah, well, it's also because OU is three-star U, Tyler. Yeah, and well, JUCO U now, right? Oh, sorry, sorry. Three-star and JUCO U. So LSU jumps OU, um, which, by the way, their offensive line coach at LSU is former Sooner Brad Davis. Have you ever heard the story on how Brad Davis uh, got to OU from the state of Louisiana? I'm sure I have. Refresh my memory. So, um, I, I, Teddy and I have talked about this a couple times. Brad Davis was a high school football player in the state of Louisiana. Uh-huh. 
but there was a Brad Davis in Louisiana that was a higher-rated prospect. So the OU staff at the time, which included – it had to have been the John Blake staff – they offered Brad Davis thinking that he was the other Brad Davis in Louisiana that was a higher-rated prospect. And the story goes that, of course, this Brad Davis accepts the offer, ends up at OU, and that staff at some point realized that, oh, wait, that's not the same Brad Davis that we thought he was, tried to take his scholarship away, and I think Brad Davis fought that. Anyway, long story short, it's a happy ending. He ends up uh, being like a starter on the offensive line, I think, in the uh, 2001 or 2002 season. That's a very John and, Blake story. And right now there. he is the offensive line uh, coach at LSU and one of the few holdovers that Brian Kelly kept on staff from uh, last year's staff on LSU. From the 918s, is there any real threat from Texas in the Hicks saga? Been, been reported on the Texas board that communication has increased over the past couple of weeks. No. 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 DJ Hicks is not going to be a Longhorn. It is OU or it is A&M. It's pretty much been that way for a year plus in Hicks's recruitment. OU or A&M. There was a brief time where it looked like Michigan State might make some noise. But no, it's been all OU and A&M, a battle between those two for quite a while. Guys, tell me how Hicks can make it to Norman after what happened with A&M and then turn his back on Todd Bates again. How? Well, he's a best defensive lineman in his class. I, I Look, if this happened with a uh, three-star commitment, does you know communication pick back up after? I, 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 I don't know, but I think it's definitely fair to say, Parker, that he is a legit player at a position of need, and they were probably always going to try and get communication back up because they realize how much they need David Hicks. That would be my guess. Yeah, and by the way, Ashton Sanders is also taking an official visit to OU on November 19th. Kind of feels like at this point Ashton Sanders is a take regardless of what happens with the DJ Hicks saga, so that's another guy I would watch closely over the next few weeks because I think there's a very good chance right now he is a Sooner. Which he is uh, in Muleshoe's backyard, right? Out, out in L.A., Ashton Sanders. Three-star player in L.A., defensive lineman. What, what is his, uh, his measurables look pretty impressive when I uh, wrote it down. Yeah, 6'3", uh, six, six, is what it is. Yeah. So, okay, it's going to be a... Front seven recruiting weekend when OSU comes to town for the final home game of the year later this month, basically. Which is what it has to be because, as we've talked about time and time again, championship defense starts with championship play up front. And that starts with a guy that I think has the potential to be – I've used the word transformational time and time again. He could be a program-changing type of land for Oklahoma – if he becomes a Sooner in the end. Has Bowen taken his official visit? No. Says the text line. No, he has not. He's been up here several times, right? Never several officially. times, but never officially. Uh, anything new on Stacey Gage, says Kylan Broken Bow. Haven't seen anything on him in a while. I We brought up Ohio State like two months ago. and Watch Ohio teams State. Teams in the state of Florida is going to get Florida. in on that. Yeah. Yep. Watch Ohio State. Watch Florida. There'll be some NIL opportunities yes, for uh, Stacey Gage running I, back in 2024. I, 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 I am not uber optimistic right now as it pertains to OU and Stacey Gage. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Keep it coming. Cruton questions, OU Baylor questions. We'll talk it all today. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans.
Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We are the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. The ref army is active today, listening across the country as they always are. Wichita Falls, Texas. Didn't Steely used to work there at one point? He did. That was a thing. Is it New Iberia, Louisiana? There you go. New, is that how you say it? New Iberia. Right. Yep. Belton, Missouri is tuned in today. Capistrano Beach, California is tuned Ooh, in today. Lovely. Yeah, uh, Avon, Massachusetts is tuned in. Uh, no Aberdeen, South Dakota, or Knoxville, Tennessee, after you, uh, you know, <laughs> made fun of Josh Heupel for the last 30 oh, minutes. Oh, come on. Today. I didn't make fun of Josh Heupel. All I said was that you in my led very everyone, personal experience. You led everyone to put out stories about, yeah, he was rude to me one in time. In my very limited personal experience, Josh Heupel's not a very pleasant person. That's all I said. Josh Heupel uh, gave me an autograph on a piece of paper with uh, barbecue sauce on my mouth after... Uh, no, that was before. That was before, actually. Um, after church one time. In the year 2000. The week, the Sunday before the Nebraska game, Parker. Think about that. He had all these things going on in his mind, all right? And then a 10-year-old kid comes up and asks for his autograph the week of the Nebraska game. So he's he's a great guy. Okay. Actually, so I don't think that he wanted to give me that autograph. I felt like he and his girlfriend, now wife, uh, were trying to get out of the parking lot so I wouldn't ask, but I still got the autograph. Look at you go. Hustling, yeah. even as a 10-year-old. I, I know that you didn't have a great experience with Josh Heupel. I did not. This, uh, this offseason. One of the quarterbacks that he faced during that 2000 season I did not have a good interaction with him either. And really, it was my fault. I don't know if I told you the story or not. Do you remember the 2016 season opener OU played Houston at NRG Stadium? OU lost that game to Houston for the season opener. That did happen. I was in the press box at halftime, Uh and I was using the restroom. And I've never seen a press box bathroom that was a one-holer. Just one toilet, and that was it. Yeah. I uh, was doing my business. I thought I locked the door. I still kind of think I did lock the door. Um, But you know the sound, you know, when you're going and you hear the door open up behind you and you're like, "Uh uh-oh. I turned around and looking right at me was none other than Houston offensive coordinator, former Texas Longhorn, Major Applewhite, looking at me. Oh, yeah. Major Applewhite uh, opened the door while I was peeing. Thank God it was not number two when Major Applewhite walked in. How embarrassing! Wow, is that? That, that, listen, that's that's quite a story. I have a that's, very that's personal experience with uh, Major Applewhite. Okay, yeah, no doubt. He you, shut you the door quickly, and I never saw him again. And he called a great second half, and Houston ended up beating OU that day. Very unfortunate for all parties involved. Yes, indeed. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. If you want to hop in, we got a ton of questions here. Uh, I really appreciate having a head coach, Britt Venables, who is just a tremendous human. Unlike some others like Heupel, Muleshoe, etc. Say what you want about Josh Heupel. Let's not throw him into the Lincoln-Riley mix. No, I think I, that's he, doesn't, a little he doesn't belong in that company. Yeah, not even close to that company. Come who on. Does, who does belong in the Muleshoe company? Jimbo? Todd Graham. Todd Graham? He felt like he uh, had a different head coaching job for five consecutive years back in the day. I, so I've actually met Todd Graham. Um... I've actually texted with Todd Graham on several occasions because he was uh, when he when he was still head coach out at Hawaii. Uh, I, I I tell you what, 
So I didn't have nearly as much of a backdrop for everything that is the Todd Graham experience when I met Todd Graham. He was actually super nice to me. Like, uh, this was probably four or five months before he wore out his welcome at Hawaii. But, like, Todd Graham was shockingly a very pleasant human being. Yeah. Uh, by the way, small Oklahoma town of the day is Chandler, Oklahoma. I almost forgot to throw that one in there. Okay. So, Chandler, Oklahoma gets on the board that's, today. Uh, that's between o- OKC and Tulsa, right? Uh, I think you pass through Chandler, right? Yeah. Going from OKC to Tulsa there on the turnpike. I'm coming to my first uh, OU game this weekend since I dropped that 20-minute commercial station and started listening to the ref full-time. Nice. Where do you guys set up for pregame? I'd love to get my hands on one of your t-shirts. Well, this Saturday, we're going to be at Balfour of Norman on Campus Corner. I'll be there from 11 to 1, um, right? 2 o'clock kick? Yeah. What time are you going to be on? Are you on from 8 to 10? 8 to 10. And uh, we've got a fun little guest booked for 8.30. Who's who's stopping by? Yeah, yeah. Josh Heupel? Kinda, it's not Josh Heupel. Oh, okay. Can, it is neither Josh Heupel nor Major Applewhite, so you will not have a chance to redeem your interaction with Major Applewhite. But, uh, yeah, you know what? You know what? I'm going to I'm going to keep my hand to myself at this point. I'm going to You don't want to pump it up at all and get everyone excited and pump up the post game or okay, pregame fi- show a little bit? You know what? Fine. Fine. Okay. Tyler. I'm just, ask, just asking. <laughs> Delarian Turner Yell is going to be joining us. Oh, nice. Yes. Cool. Actually, Sweet. he's going to be in Norman for the game, so he will be there. Broncos are on a bye week. Norman. That's right. Yep. 8:30 a.m. He'll be stopping by. Uh hey, hopefully he just decides to chill for a couple hours like Jackson Arnold did back when he did the pregame show. And with us does September, not break so. a chair like Heath Ozida did or Travis or me. We're going to have to stay. Hey, up you the know what? That's what you want to see from your Bill Biedenboe recruits, right? You want them to be the type <laughs> of dudes that are breaking chairs. SEC ready if he's exactly. breaking chairs during a pregame show. It just means more. None of those Lido linemen like a mule shoe hat. Are you going to ask him a Lincoln Riley question on Saturday during uh, the pregame show? Oh, we'll see. I think you have to. We'll see how. Uh, We'll see how bold I'm feeling. But I'm just excited to catch up with the dude because he and I got very close while he was at Oklahoma. And uh, I think last I talked to him was the week before the draft, at least talked to him like at length. Um, We'll keep up from time to time just uh, checking in. But uh, obviously he has had a very successful early portion of his NFL career did some really good things for the Broncos in the preseason made a couple plays in the regular season he's been injured been banged up a little bit uh but man that's one of those guys that I just think is one of the most underappreciated Sooners of the last decade or so for all that he did in the back end of the secondary exactly how long did Major Applewhite stand there looking at you while you were you know doing your business uh about three seconds I think he closed the door. oh wow that's a long time <laughs> Well, it felt like about uh, 30 seconds uh, because of how embarrassing it was. Still, um, three seconds? Eye contact was made. I'm not telling you that it wasn't awkward. It was incredibly awkward. Hold, hold up. This is how long three seconds is. That's how long? Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I think he was processing the situation, um, just trying to understand how that just happened. It was, look, it was awkward for both of us. I really thought it would throw off his play calling in the second half. However, it did not. Houston ended up winning. Uh, someone else asking, how does uh, Major Applewhite see, seeing me pee affect OU football recruiting? <laughs> I don't think it has a, had a positive effect with OU football recruiting. Did I'm s- sure he probably used it as a negative recruiting tactic after that <laughs> against OU. The question is, did seeing you pee 
kick Major Applewhite's brain into fifth gear to the point where it contributed tangibly to the game plan that he pieced together for Houston in the second half. I think so, and that also probably led him to getting the head coaching job there uh, that next offseason. Oh, that's it. He was the head coach there, wasn't he? Yep, yep. I forgot about that. Yep. The successor to Tom Herman. Uh, also on the text line, I've never heard anything good about Josh back in the day. I never tried to, but a lot of people had trouble getting his autograph. He had a bad attitude towards giving out autographs. And, like, look, I, I wasn't getting an autograph. I was just trying to talk ball with Josh Heupel. He was having no part of it. What'd you ask him? Hey, how do you, how what what's your uh, play calling style versus a rush three drop eight? Did you lead in with that? <laughs> no, because like Josh and I have a lot in common. We both went to OU. We're both left-handed. We're both. All my family is from South Dakota. That's obviously where. Did you lead the Josh conversation with those three things? Hey, South Dakota, left-handed, <laughs> OU grad. What, I can't remember how on, I led the, led the conversation, but like I could tell within the first ten seconds. Oh, this is not going to go well. He is. He is not into this. Mm. Um, by the way, I pulled up an article from Twenty Four Seven Sports, checking in on the top ten quarterbacks from the twenty one and twenty two classes. I, I think that this is interesting. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, rattle off each name here. And you tell me yay, nay, or not enough information given so far during their college football careers, okay? And we're going to kind of calculate the top ten where it stands today. Let's go back to the class of 2021. Quinn Ewers. Yay? Has he been awesome? Nay? Eh, not so much? Or eh, I need to see a little gotta, bit more to have more a final him. decision. Got to see okay? more. See right more. But it's a big game for him on Saturday, man. Yes, it is. If he doesn't play well against Kansas State and they lose, it'll start to trend towards, maybe he's going to be a disappointment. I think that's how big of a game this is for Quinn Ewers. I, I, I tuned in on Monday to the rush, and you were talking about him getting benched. I, I mean, how, if he plays poorly this Saturday – how, how could he not if he starts off the game slow? Caleb Williams was the number two quarterback in the 2021 class. Yeah. I hate to say it, but yeah. He's really know. freaking good. Sam Heward at Washington. Has he even uh, played no, he any up there? he hasn't played at all. He hasn't okay. played at all. Uh, you've got Drake May at North Carolina. He's having a pretty good year, yeah, right? Yeah, I like Drake May. Brock Vandergriff at Georgia. Uh, whiff. Whiff. J.J. McCarthy at Michigan. I... I w- so there were there were a few guys at the top of that quarterback class that I was very skeptical of. Sam Heward was one of them. J.J. McCarthy was also one of them. But J.J. McCarthy has pieced together a nice little career for himself early on at Michigan. I'm I, I'm sold on J.J. McCarthy. Caden Salter. Uh, I didn't realize Liberty got the number seven overall uh, well, they quarterback. Didn't. They didn't. He signed with Tennessee and was dismissed from the program within like three weeks of the. Uh, spring semester beginning. Yeah. And then landed on his feet at Liberty. But yeah, he was originally going to be a Tennessee Vol. Kyle McCord at Ohio State, number eight quarterback. Still haven't seen no, him yet. No. Maybe next year. Ty Thompson at Oregon. He's going to be good. That to be that, good. He will be a player. But Bo Nix is the quarterback right now. And uh, Notre Dame's quarterback, who was injured, I think, halfway through the year. Is it Tyler Buckner is how you uh, pronounce yeah, that? Yeah, Tyler Buckner. So that's three out of the top ten from the 21 class have really only lit it up up to this point, which yeah. is kind of interesting. Yeah, and Buckner, I mean, he was Notre Dame starter to open the year, but I, I've i never been all that impressed with Tyler Buckner. Maybe that's just me, but I, I don't see it with him. Uh, McCord is a guy that has some tools. His time hasn't come yet at Ohio State. Caden Salter has actually been a pleasant surprise at Liberty. 
And, you know, you always it's always a shot in the dark with those guys, uh, especially, you know, the guys that run into off-field trouble and uh, they got to go get a sep- second opportunity somewhere else. It can usually go one of two directions. Caden Salter has really seized the bull by the horns, and Liberty's nationally ranked right now at 7-1. and one. Drew Aller at Penn State, uh, number one quarterback of last year's class. You got Cade Klubnick at Clemson. All right, he helped them win the Syracuse game. Connor Wegman at A&M finally started last week, but A&M still lost the game. I, I, the, the point I'm trying to get at is, you know, even in college football, quarterback recruiting is not an exact science. You know, you, you feel like you got a top ten guy, and it feels like you're set for the next three years, but it is just not a slam dunk whatsoever that you sign a top ten quarterback and he's going to go on to be a star. Now, hey, do I think that Jackson Arnold is going to be a great player at OU? Yeah, I think he'll probably win the backup quarterback job next year, and I think he's probably your starter um, the the year after that, his redshirt, or I guess his sophomore season, or redshirt freshman year, whatever happens next season. It's just, um, it's a little bit more, it's not an exact science like maybe maybe it's thought out to be. No, it's not, and... That's why I mean, evaluation at the quarterback position is so important, but you got to take other things into consideration too. The character, the leadership traits, because those things matter, right? You get a lone wolf at the quarterback position, things aren't going to go well. And that's what really solidifies your belief in Jackson Arnold and what he can do at Oklahoma is that he is such a good dude, man, such a smart, such an intelligent football player and so well-respected among his peers. He's got everything that you look for. Honestly – in a lot of ways, I know people aren't going to like to hear this comparison, but Rex Grossman. <laughs> you forgot about that one, in didn't an, you? In an off-field capacity, he reminds me a lot of Caleb, minus the painted fingernails. I was about to say, if you, you got to leave the painted fingernails. And the shopping, too. Is he going to leave Norman because the shopping's not good I, enough? I don't think Or do we Jackson need to do Arnold a renovation? to find the shopping situation in Norman a, uh, a deal-breaker. So we don't need to renovate Sooner Mall after all these years? I mean, you probably do. Town? You probably do one way or another, but not to keep Jackson Arnold in town, no. Mm. Uh, he's had really good numbers this year. Jackson Arnold, don't yeah. think that's going to slow down anytime soon. You know who else has had awesome numbers this year? Arch Manning. Uh, he has now broken. He owns every passing and touchdown record at Newman. He's got better numbers than his uh, uncles who both played there. So, Arch, we made fun of him yeah. all off season, And I don't think that that's going to stop Listen, anytime his, soon, but he, he does have some good numbers. His uncles year. also played there in the Stone Age, so not really a fair comparison. Yeah. I guess there was a guy there four or five years ago at Newman that threw up stupid numbers, and the head coach thought that those numbers would never be broken again, but... Here comes Arch. I think he's got a couple more games left in the regular season to to add on to those numbers. Okay, Arch. But I haven't. I'm not bringing. I I bring that. I haven't changed my opinion on that one. I think he's a good player, but do I think he's the number one overall player in this 2023 recruiting cycle? No, I don't. I don't think that that's the case at all. I definitely don't think that's the case. And if Quinn Ewers continues to struggle, may he be put in a situation next year at Texas where he's got to play a little bit earlier than he needs to. Like, I, I think how Quinn Ewers plays from here to the rest of the year is not only massive for Texas this year, but it's huge for Texas going into the following season yeah. where Sark could really start feeling the pressure if they don't close out this season, you know, 4-0, and 3-1, whatever. Yeah, no. Sark, Sark's got to win some games here down the stretch because, look, he's got security because of Arch, but... He's going to face a lot of criticism this offseason if things fall apart down the stretch for Texas. Hit us up on the Air Coverage Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Locked in rolls on next.
Locked in with McComas and Thune live on the ref. A reminder, we have a ton of high school football games tonight on krefsports.tv, to which the, the way that I compare it, it's like the NFL Sunday ticket for high school football. We've got all the Norman school, or both Norman schools, all the Moore schools, all the Edmond schools, and Deer Creek as well. So if you're a fan of any of those teams, or a team that's playing one of those teams tonight, krefsports.tv is where you can check out all the action. Going to be a lot of fun on this Thursday night, flipping through games uh, online. And of course, you got the Bixby Jinx game. We won't be broadcasting that one, but that's got to be the biggest game in the state. I don't think anyone scored over... What, like 20 points this year on Bixby? And the least amount of points they've scored this year is like somewhere in the, is it like the high 30s, 40s, something like that. All that to say, Bixby's been incredible this year. I believe they have the longest winning streak in all of high school football in the country. Is Jinx, they got any chance tonight? No. Any chance that this game can be close? No. And if I'm wrong, I'll be happy to come on the air tomorrow and eat my words. But Bixby is unstoppable. Uh, 45-17 is my final score prediction. I don't know if that covers the spread or not, or if the spread's Yeah, out what there. is the spread? What, what, do you, what do you put the spread at these I, days I for think, Bixby games? I think 38 and a half okay. is the spread that you have to put it at every single week now for, okay. for Bixby. Bixby wins and Bixby covers. <laughs> it's probably, that's probably how it's going to go, man. Colton Vosick, he plays tonight down in Austin. Uh, still on track for that visit this weekend? far as I know, man, as far as I know. Hopefully that doesn't change anytime soon, or that would be very, very telling uh, if, if that is indeed the case. Yeah. Any chance we can flip Luke has, is there a reason he doesn't want to play at OU? Ask the text line. Because his family's a bunch of Razorbacks. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Arkansas. And listen, I had people telling me even while Luke Haas was committed to Oklahoma, he will end up at Arkansas. So take that for what it's worth, but – Communication hasn't really been consistent between OU and Lucas since – I always have to remind myself it's has, like jazz, because I always want to say has, but it's has. Um, communication really has dropped off ever since about March or April between has and the OU staff. So, no, I do not think OU flips the kid. Would have been a nice take it tight end, though, especially with the way that tight end uh, looks in this 23 class. Oh, so you hate Cade McIntyre, Tyler. Oh, I, I'm just saying – Maybe if you would get Luke, then Cade McIntyre, you could flip over to the defense. Isn't that kind of the thought process now? That is kind of the thought process. I, I will say that I think there's there's concern there with Haz, and I think the concern is that he just peaked very early physically, and so it's hard to project what his ceiling is because he's never going to be any bigger than he was as a sophomore in high school, which is when he blew up. Right? And, uh, yeah, he, he dropped a little bit, I feel like, in the past couple of uh, updated rankings, and Arkansas fans were big mad about that. <laughs> yeah, well, if he was committed to OU, I guarantee you he wouldn't have dropped. He probably would have rose up the rankings. But since he's committed to little old Arkansas, they're going to drop him in the rankings. Isn't that basically, been about it? Yeah, that's the conspiracy theory. Brent from Jenks says, "I'd rather not have a six foot two, six foot three tight end." Like, wait, wait, how how tall do you want your tight ends? I mean, it's nice to have. You a want bunch him Jermaine of, Gresham style? I, Is that I, what you're it's saying? It's nice to have a bunch of six five guys, sure. But like, are we really gonna split hairs over an inch or two with tight ends? Cade McIntyre's six foot three. He's probably closer to six foot four than six foot three. But still, if you can play, you can play. 
I'm not going to knock a guy for being an inch shorter than many would prefer. I mean, I would take a Jermaine Gresham, which, what was he, like 6'6", six, 6'5", six, six, yeah. six, six coming in out of Ardmore. I'll take that, but, well, I don't think that there's always that type of tight end that you're going to be able to get every single cycle, unfortunately. It would be nice, but... There's a reason why not very many Jermaine Greshams have uh, rolled through this program in the past, what, 50 years or so. So, uh, But you got a whole lot of new offers. That's what we led with today. Um, Sanford, uh, A&M commits. He's got uh, he's four-star offers from Bama, LSU, Texas, Oregon, and Florida State. You feel anything imminent on that in terms of a flip, or is this kind of – it, it kind of feels like things could be quiet for the next couple of weeks. Maybe you get a commitment here. Um, but for the most part, it's going to be the week after the Bedlam game is really when things are start going to start to get rolling for this 23 class, if you get some good news anyway. Yeah. Well, and at this point, you're just kind of in a holding pattern, kind of waiting for somebody to be first through the wall. And then I, I think it's going to come around quickly. Tyler, I think once you pick up another commit, regardless of who that is, then guys are going to start following in quick succession. It's going to be a surge the likes of which we saw in early July, in my mind. How about this? Um, 24-7 Sports also had this. They had, because I read last week of, hey, here's some quarterbacks in college football that could potentially be in the transfer portal at the end of the year. Hudson Card at Texas was mentioned on that. Uh, I think Nick Evers at OU was mentioned on that, and we kind of quickly said, eh, I don't think Nick Evers is necessarily going to be in the portal at the end of the year. They did uh, non-quarterbacks currently in college football who are transfer portal possibilities at the end of the season, and you'll never guess which former Sooner commit was on the list. Luther Burden, wide receiver at Missouri, was the first name included in, hey, Watch out for this kid being available at the end of the year. Huh. And how shocked are we, Tyler? I mean, I, I'm not super that, shocked like, whatsoever. Missouri's not a very good football does team. Anybody, did anybody ever expect that Luther Burden was going to finish his collegiate career at Missouri? Because I know I didn't. And I, th- I, I think there were many that would have felt the exact same way. Because that kid's really good. And Missouri is really bad. Yeah, they're really bad. They did beat South Carolina last week. Uh, but South Carolina's OC, Marcus Satterfield's inability to get the ball to his best players is uh, quite shocking, and Missouri benefited from that. I, I don't know how this current staff feels or would feel um, about uh, Luther Burden, but I, I wonder if they would kick the tires on that this offseason if he was available yeah, via the portal. Yeah. Or if Luther Burden would take a look at OU yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. I don't know, man. He'd be a fun player to have in Crimson and Cream. Does he fit the culture? That's my biggest and, and question. That's, yeah, and that's why I said I have because, no idea what, how this staff because, would feel look, about him. I, I, we talked about it on this show for about a day back in the spring. Ajay Hall had a ton of interest in OU when he hit the portal. That was about the fastest no I've ever heard. Yeah, and then uh, that was a good call because he was on campus at Texas for like a month, maybe two, and he was already getting trouble and got suspended. And is he still? Is he even playing now? Is he still indefinitely suspended or whatever the decision that was thrown down at the time? I, I don't even know. But that, that was a good call not to kick the tires on the Alabama transfer, Jai Hall. Yeah, that was, that was a really good call, actually. He got to Texas, and he got in trouble seemingly almost immediately. Final segment of Locked In is coming up next, 405-651-3439.
If you want to interact with the show on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, one final segment coming up next. Elite Roofing Systems bringing you this hour of Locked In. They're servicing all of Oklahoma's roofing needs. Let Craig Cox and the team at Elite Roofing put over three decades of experience to work for you. EliteRoofOK.com. That's EliteRoofOK.com or 405-361-3094. Elite Roofing Systems bringing you this hour of Locked In. Uh, Here is a random college football stat that you did not ask for and probably will not care about, but I still find it fascinating. UMass. You've heard of UMass, right? The Minutemen? Sure. They are 1-7 on the year, which means they have played eight regular season football games this year. UMass has thrown one passing touchdown so far throughout their eight games this year. 1-7 so far, one passing touchdown. They're averaging less than 80 passing yards uh, a game so far this season. So, UMass, god-awful, and they have no offense whatsoever. Why is UMass in the FBS? Um, because they're, in, they're independent. They're in a football wasteland geographically. They, they belong in the FCS. That is where they belong. They are never going to be competitive or bowl eligible at the FBS. Just like Idaho realized a few years ago. Exactly. Right? Like, eh, exactly. That's just good. Let's just not do this anymore. The Kibbe Dome is awesome. Most people know what the Kibbe Dome is, ah, playing Kibbe NCAA Dome. football. Let's just let's just take it down a It's notch wood. Here. Did you know that? The Kibbe Dome is wood. I've done way too much research on the Kibbe Dome really? during my lifetime. Yeah. Okay. Who didn't play NCAA college football, take over Idaho in a dynasty, yeah, and build them into a five-star program? Very true. Very true. It was, uh, it was great. Text line says uh, Mule Shoe is the type of guy that would take uh, Luther Burden. And you know what? I do not disagree well, with you know that what? whatsoever. If he hits the portal, wouldn't shock me if he's in a USC uniform next year. Just like Jordan Addison, he'll probably get him out there on the promise of uh, NIL, would be would be my guess. Yeah. It's just all about keeping him happy and keeping him in line. So what you're saying is Texas A&M has a chance against, against UMass, says the text line. Yes, yeah, 7-6 would be my final score prediction. Or is, I, I guess they play later on this year, right? Uh, A&M 7, UMass 6. Connor Wegman throws the only touchdown pass of the game between the two teams. Yes. Uh, how does UMass throwing one TD pass this season affect OU football recruiting? Nice. Uh, just saw on Twitter that Jinx versus Bixby will be broadcasted on ESPN2 tonight. Yes. Yes, it will. Yeah. So, big deal. Like, Bixby is becoming must-see TV. And if they throw up another blowout tonight against a very good Jinx team, I think at that point people nationally are going to start to take notice because obviously in the state of Oklahoma it's well documented what Bixby is doing and has done over the last five years. But I don't know if they get near the respect that they should from a national perspective for their monumentally impressive. Yeah, it was like, what, two seasons ago? That game they had on ESPN, did they play Booker T that night? 
And Braylon Presley just, I mean, just ran all over the field, yeah. not even sure if he got tackled. I so. remember watching that game. Uh, it was on a Thursday night. Yep. It was definitely on a Thursday night. And I feel like maybe even around Oklahoma is the first time some people said, whoa, that team is, like, legit. Dang. Okay. And that kid should get an OU offer. Well, he didn't, right? Parker. Unfortunately. I'm, I mean, I... I'm still mad at Muleshoe for many things, that being one of them. Because if Braylon Presley had gotten the offer, he was going to be a Sooner. Uh, it was already written. Kendall says the Bixby Spartans are cheating. I know everyone's throwing that out there. Give me proof that they're cheating, and then we'll run with it. All right. Uh, don't even know what the spread is, but I'll still take the points, LOL. We're saying from here on out, Bixby is always going to be a 38-and-a-half point favorite, and no matter who they play. Most, if not all weeks, I will take them to win and cover. Yeah. Well, I they probably, Parker, I haven't looked at every single final score that they've had this year, but they probably covered every single game by 38-and-a-half points this year, and that's even bumping up a class this season. J- Jenks did win a game 90-9 to a few weeks ago. Yes, that happened. Uh also, Kendall, like, here's the thing. If they're paying out-of-state kids to join the program, they're doing a heck of a job uh, disguising their motivation. Because by, here's what's most impressive about Bixby. They got Luke and Dylan Has. Who else is a Power 5 football player on that team? I don't know. They're better this year without Braylon Presley than they were last year with Braylon Presley. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Evans still taking that Georgia visit. Doesn't feel like we've heard anything different, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that visit will happen. It's yeah. not something to read into, though. So you're telling everyone don't be concerned with that. Don't be What's, concerned. He just wants to go see the number one team play the number three team. He wants his mom to go see the number one team play the number three team. Right. Um, Bixby versus UMass, neutral field. What's the spread? Uh, 38 and a half. 38 and a half is the spread, and Bixby will cover that against UMass. UMass will still have one passing touchdown at the end of the night if they were to play the Bixby Spartans. Who's going to be the first college program to interview Lauren Montgomery for a head coaching job? It'll happen. Tulsa, TU? I would hope so. Be a smart move, right? All right, that'll do it for Parker. The Rush is coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref.